I too aspire to be an eel being launched out of a fire hose into a burning building. Waiting for a break in the rain Waiting for the moment to change your lane I came home from the wasteland Heroic and triumphant like a comic book girl Created out of nothing like a comic book girl Hey! Good vibes. My good vibes. Every, every vibe. Sanity. I feel like every time you talk to me, you, like, lose a thing in Call of Cthulhu. Well, it's just, like, a sanity point. Hey, uh, did I come in a bad time, everyone? Am called. I... I that joke flopped, because I can't remember. Psychic damage! You take 1d6 of psychic damage every time you talk to me. I feel like I walked in in the wrong part of a conversation. Did you guys read Animorphs 29, The Sickness, this week? It's the one with Cassie turning into a yerk. Yerk. Hate the words that you a choose York. to make with your mouth. York, <laughs> no! What is this? The British monarchy? Anyway, this one has Cassie morphing into a yank on the cover. Uh, hi. A it's- yank! <laughs> <laughs> well, I had to balance out the British monarchy. I guess. Hey, it's Parker, she, her, and I just can't get enough of these fake bacon chips uh, to the point that I've already Faken. eaten all of them, unfortunately. They're Faken. They're they're like slices of mushroom, but they are seasoned in such a way that it makes it taste like bacon, and I've eaten like three bags over the past two days. Ooh, I made some really good mushroom jerky out of foraged mushrooms. Oh my god, they're so good. Oh my god, they're so good. <laughs> what is that voice? <laughs> my name's Erso Rin, and I... Didn't mean to sexualize coffee, but it happens. Tell me more. No. <laughs> we all fail in life sometimes. We all we all feel like we've hit rock bottom at some point or another, but we just have to just get back up and brush ourselves off. Okay, but going. how did you make coffee sexy? I don't get it. No, I sexualized it. I didn't That's make it work. Did you draw it in a maid outfit? Oh my god. No! I don't worry about it. It was contextual. I Anyways. want to know the Wait, context. your girlfriend likes coffee a lot. Oh, okay. I understand everything now. I understand. My name is Cassandra Kelly. I use she, her pronouns. And I am still a week later entranced yet horrified by this gif of a burger that you sent me. Did you ever actually, because you you mentioned last week that you were going to go eat a burger or something. No, No, I was going to go eat pizza. You're going to go eat pizza. I wanted a burger, but I ate pizza. Right, because you've been a pescatarian for a long time. All right, y'all know what it is. We already mentioned which one we're reading. It's the one that we all read. Book 69, right? No. There is, there aren't even, I can't. (laughs) Who has a synopsis this week? (laughs) Who's coming at me with that sneep snob? What's going on? Who's got the synopsis? Oh, I am. (laughs) What did she say? I'm Captain Mucus? (laughs) (laughs) What the heck? (laughs) I am Captain Mucus. <laughs> That's the Helmicron captain's real name, Captain Mucus. Hey, the Helmicron <laughs> captain is cool. You're not allowed to make fun of her. I'm absolutely allowed to make fun of her. She's full of swords. She died on a bunch of swords, so she'd never be wrong again. Leave the Helmicron captain alone. <laughs> Leave Britney alone. Okay, what are the similarities between the Helmicron captain and Britney Spears? Absolute queen. Both about three quarters Glass of an inch ceiling. tall. Class ceiling. <laughs> Didn't deserve it in the end. Always right. Always right. Likes Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha
unjustly confined by those that believe that they know better than her. Okay, three. Okay, all right. Hey, Erso, 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 mm-hmm. Erso. You do. Erso, do you have this not? Do you have the synopsis, Erso? Flip flopsis. Do you synopsis. have the synopsis? Please give me the synopsis. Please, sir, can I have a synopsis? How'd you like it? Please, sir, just a crumb. Just a crumb of synopsis. <laughs> I thought you were going to say on the rocks. On the rocks, sir. Shaken, not stirred. <laughs> Is that what he said? No, no. Shaken, not stirred, yeah. Oliver Twist doesn't say that. Are you confusing Oliver Twist and James Bond? No, I'm saying that. <laughs> I know Oliver Twist doesn't say that. But that's what Shaken Not Stirred comes from. I know. I was I was segueing <laughs> to a different iconic Brit who asks for things. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a different iconic Brit who asks for Cassie and Jake are dragged along by Rachel and the others to the school dance. It seems extremely crummy, I just want to say right off. Yeah, like, my school dances were better than this. Yeah, maybe that's the thing. Maybe it's just the times. School dances are all unilaterally awful. No, mine were really (laughs) fun, actually, but that's just because I like dancing. Mm. I will get down in basically any circumstance, regardless of how crummy it is. It's only up until now that they have publicly displayed their love for one another. Everyone is enjoying themselves, and they were able to sneak not only Tobias in Human Morph, but also Axe in Human Morph into this dance. (laughs) Wait, okay, I have a question. Do you think that they snuck them in by, like, saying that they were other Animorphs' dates? Because that means that someone (gasps) had to pretend that Axe was their date, and someone had pretend that Tobias was their date. So obviously Rachel pretends that Tobias is her date, does that mean Marco has to pretend that Axe is his date in the 90s? It makes perfect sense. It's okay because everybody thinks that Philip from out of state is unusually attractive. Mm-hmm. Including Allison, who gets sort of the short end of the comedic stick in this book. Mm-hmm. Short end of the tail blade. No, Mr. Tidwell gets the short end of the tail blade. <laughs> Anyways, so they're all enjoying themselves, but things kind of grind to a halt immediately, uh, despite everyone's cool fashion sense, when an eyeball appears on a stalk on the top of Axe's head, and then quickly much of the rest of him starts demorphing randomly. The Animorphs act in a moment of crisis and take him out of the the dance when they run into uh, Mr. Tidwell and Chapman. They're able to convince Chapman that he that Axe is just sick and needs to be escorted away, but Mr. Tidwell follows them doggedly. He confronts Cassie, and the two of them converse briefly, and Mr. Tidwell re- reveals that he is friends with Aftran, the Yerk from Book 19. That's my girl! Yeah! Uh, Mr. Tidwell reveals that he and Aftran are part of the Yerk peace movement, started by Aftran, and um, uh, Aftran has been captured as a result by the nefarious Visa 3, and they have to go rescue her. So the gang is able to drag Axe back to Cassie's barn, but when they do, they realize that Axe, after fully demorphing, is very sick, and something about it causes him to demorph, become delirious, and he is able to explain that 
Basically, he has a sickness that resides in a gland in his brain. Uh, they, all, they are prioritizing rescuing Aftran, which they decide to do immediately because uh, on Sunday, in a couple days, Aftran will be at serious risk of death and torture and putting the rest of the Animorphs at risk. So um, they decide to come up with a plan of morphing eels and <laughs> sneaking into the Yurik pool via the pipes. Did you know that baby eels are called elvers? I did know this that. Goes relatively poorly in that they find out that Jake is also sick with Axis sickness, but it is not as severe in humans as it is in Andalites. It's just sort of like the flu. The plan eventually fails and they return to the surface through a fire hose and into uh, a burning building. Um, Out of the fire hose into the fire. (laughs) Yeah, truly. That night, Cassie has a bad dream. In the morning, she discovers that Rachel also has fallen ill. Soon afterwards, Marco also falls ill. And then Tobias. So Cassie is given the task alone of infiltrating the Yerk Pool, one of the most secure places on the entire planet. And she makes the decision to ask Ilim, Mr. Tidwell, for uh, his Yerk DNA and take control of the host body of Mr. Tidwell. They enter the enemy stronghold, passing the Gleet Biofilter, which recognizes both of them. She finds Aftran's cage and manages to take uh, control of a voluntary host. She rams the Visser who drops Aftran. Cassie leaves the girl, dives back into the pool, morphs her osprey, and carries Aftran away, pursued by Visser 3, who has morphed a creature resembling an eyeball with tentacles, which is very cool. I think I've seen that creature in my nightmares. I was gonna say, isn't that just a beholder? Pretty sure it's a terraria boss. Back at the barn, Cassie learns that Axe is in crisis. She allows Aftran to enter Axe's head and tell her the location of the tree gland, since Axe can hardly communicate due to his sickness. And Cassie makes her incision, pulls the gland out, and saves Axe's life, despite the immense amount of pressure. Uh, a few days later, the Animorphs all recover from the illness. Aftran is safe, but in order to keep her alive without access to the Condrona rays, the Animorphs allow her to morph a humpback whale, on the condition that she stays in that form as a Nothlet. I can't believe that Aftran is the is the last Animorph. Okay, so like all the things that happen to Axe in this journal are horrifying. You have appendicitis of the brain. Your brain's going to explode and you're going to die. Mood. Unless a human teen, and we'll talk about this more in a bit, can perform Mm -hmm. brain surgery on you with no prior experience and no knowledge of where the thing is that you're supposed to cut out. But on top of all of that, the mental image of Axe's hoofed andalite legs slamming out of and back into his <laughs> chest over and over again is hilarious to me. It's so funny! <laughs> I also thought that that was really funny. It's really funny. <laughs> it has a certain comedic timing to it, and also, like, the noise that it makes. Like, clack Like, the fact that it's, it's like, that we know also that demorphing or morphing makes a sound. Like, like a sloop or like a... Well, there's a sprout, remember? There's a sprout. Right, so sprout is a sound, right? So that's the sound that your body makes. But then also added to that, the sound of Axe absolutely destroying the wall of this bathroom in this high school. <laughs> like, that's can, weird. Wait, I have a hypothetical for you guys. Or middle school, I don't know. Can, can, can you do the can? Smash, 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 smash. I have a hypothetical. Anyway, it's super funny. That's my point. Hypothetical. I have an important hypothetical for you both. So if you're a horse, no, don't steal the same. Always try to preempt the hypothetical before Erso can do the hypothetical. Like we always do this. Destroying a hibachi. We always do this to her. You're a human being. You're a human. You're a human being. Yes, but you have lost the the ability to control your morphing, and Mm -hmm. you keep accidentally morphing two horse legs that shoot out of your (laughs) chest and then go back in. (laughs) What do you do with your life? How do I get through life? What do you do with your life? 
Do you become Do you become a professional I boxer? Oh, I, I become a kangaroo spiritually. <laughs> Man, these are all good answers. Uh, I become the world push-up champion. <laughs> I get a job demolishing drywall, like with a construction company. <laughs> That's I really this, good. I got a sledgehammer drywall once, and it was so fun. Tell me, tell me more about this experience. Did you bust through the wall? Yeah. Did you go? Oh yeah! Right afterwards. I did not. <laughs> <laughs> I was wearing a hot pink floral dress and I had a shaved head yes. and a sledgehammer and I was helping my parents remodel my bedroom a little bit in my family's house because it was still decorated like we had decorated it when I was a little kid and this is before we this is after we moved out of California this is our house on the east coast that we moved into we had owned it for a while long story possibly involving ghosts anyway hey you guys want to know something crazy I, for some reason, my grandma had an old, like, rubber toy yerk that was, like, slightly see-through in, like, a box forever, and she was like, hey, sweetie, do you want this? And I was like, why do you have this? And I took it and had it forever, although I don't know what happened to it, which makes me sad. Oh, it should be the crowning pinnacle of your, your Animorphs sort of print book collection. Your shrine. <gasps> right? Oh, my God. Photoshop flower crowns on them. If I would just put flower petals on them at that point. I do have roses at the ready. Okay. Roses at the ready sounds like a great pop punk band name. Oh, my God. Or, yeah. <laughs> oh Wait, no, but it does. I'm literally, I am writing down in my phone the words roses at the ready. No one out there anywhere steal this. I'm psychically putting it out in the world that if I ever start a pop punk band, it is called roses at the ready. Speaking of brain appendicitis, I have a question about the circumstances surrounding brain appendicitis surgery. I also have some questions about the brain appendicitis. Couldn't Eric have done this? He's literally a machine. Yeah, it's like he talks about like, oh yeah, my like fake dad, you know, was a doctor, but in like the 1500s, it's like, you still probably have much steadier hands and more precise vision and senses than the like 13 year old who's having a panic attack. And who is capable of getting down with the sickness, ooh ah 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 ah, like all of her friends. Like, I feel like it's just a better situation to have Eric do it here. Wasn't he busy doing something else? Or something? No, like he's, he's projecting the hall. He can multitask. He's playing nurse. He's he's passing Cassie stuff, which is like a good and valid role and one that is oh, yeah. incredibly important yeah. to the success of any medical procedure. But like, unless you're one of those nurses who became a nurse because you were a high school bully. Well, that's Con- true. Okay, consider that Eric messes up. Eric hasn't messed up yet. Okay, consider that Eric messes up. Is that and kills Axe? Is that violence? No. It's an accident. It's medical malpractice. It's an accident, though. It's not violence. Maybe his programming is so overly strict that, like, cutting into Axe's oh. head would qualify as violence, which is bad programming. Oh, yeah, that's know, not but... great, but that makes total sense. One thing I've seen some people talk about on the internet before and some of the message boards I frequent is wouldn't technically, if you think about it, true nonviolence for the chi not be like just I'm going to passively sit here and do no harm, but shouldn't they also be actively trying to prevent or ameliorate harm? Like it doesn't seem as far as we know, like the chi, for example, tried to 
help worldwide peace efforts, tried to rescue pe people from war, tried to rescue people from slavery, you know, tried to reform the, the welfare system, you know, whatever. They're just kind of chilling like, oh, if I punch someone, it's bad. But if I like watch them die for political reasons, it's fine. Let's take a look at, I think, Isaac Asimov's Rules of I was Robots. just about to bring up Asimov's Okay, but the Penalites yeah. probably weren't reading Asimov when they no, programmed No, no, no. I entirely agree. Would you let me finish, please? Okay, okay sorry. So let's just ta let's talk about Isaac Asimov's Rules of Robots. Can you refresh my memory on what exactly the rules are? I feel like I'm forgetting one of them. So Isaac Asimov's Rules of Robots are as follows. A robot may not injure a human being or, through inaction, allow a human being to come to harm. Here's the kicker. That's the first law. A robot must obey the orders given it by human beings, except where such orders would conflict with the first law. And the final law is a robot must protect its own existence, as long as such protection does not conflict with the first or second law. What does that say about humanity? We're really worried about robots killing us. Okay. Because we know that inevitably when you create a class of people who you decide serve you, that they will not be happy with that. And we live in fear of them overcoming that and killing us, even though, like, we would probably have it coming. I completely agree. I think that robots within the realm of fiction have always, and sometimes within the realm of reality, have always represented... Marginalization. Marginalization and slavery. Yeah. So let's take a look at the rules set by the Pemelites. The Pemelites rules for robots. What are their rules? Are they different? What does that say about them? So see, Asimov's rules are like way better from what we can extrapolate than the Pemelites rules are because they don't seem to have put in the rule of like, also, you can't let humans get hurt via inaction. Also, technically, wouldn't Isaac Asimov's rules still lead to a robot takeover? It'd just be more benevolent because they're like, humans hurt themselves all the time with their terrible, terrible decisions, and we're going to be your benevolent overlords now? I mean, hmm. I don't think that they have the inaction thing. I think if we think of the Pemelites as comparable to dogs in some ways, they have like a single-minded sense of self, and that also carries over to their robotics. So we saw the Pemelite ship from a couple journals yes, ago, or last ship. journal, or whatever. Yeah, two journals ago, mm -hmm. um, where it kind of had a pretty narrow idea of what it saw as, like, violence, and it kind of understood that the Animorphs were on its side, but and the Yerks were not, but... I still think that the Pemelites just don't really have a good concept of violence. They only see violence as, like, individual acts as opposed to, like, the structure and the philosophy behind it. So I think that that's why the cheese programming is so simplistic. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't- I would hesitate to call it simplistic. Straightforward? Yeah, straightforward. Single-minded. Uncomplicated. Uncomplicated, yeah. I like that. Uncomplicated. Agreed. Or un- uh, that's not perfect either. Because, I mean, obviously they're of an incredibly advanced species. They've got, like, way better space travel than basically anybody else, right? Or had, I guess is the, the operative yeah. term. Um, maybe it's maybe it's kind of one of those things where it sort of, like, wraps around, where, like, the more complex you get, the also more simple you get. So they're, like, their society is so complex that they just got, like, real real uncomplicated about rule i don't know this i'm this sounds worse and worse as i say it never mind. perhaps they've taken the sort of like <laughs> philosophy of automate the boring stuff to its logical extreme mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. is just automate anything that isn't 
like immediately fun. Gosh, that's really interesting, actually. Fully automated luxury gay space dog communism. <laughs> God, I wish that were me. My favorite quote in this book is, Thanks for doing this, Eric, I said. No prob, he answered. Don't you want a book to read in there, I asked. It's going to be boring. I have several thousand books stored in my brain. Sometimes I pass the time by seeing how many I can read and comprehend at the same time. Okay, forget I asked. <laughs> I think I'm pretty sure the Animorphs who use humor are absolutely nailing it in this book. I, I have I have two favorite moments. One is when Marco and Cassie are dragging Jake home while Jag is, J- Jacob's like projectile vomiting, and Marco's like, "I give that one a four. Like, <laughs> yes. really, so very funny good." To me because at a slightly earlier age than Marco, I also had a phase where I was, like, collecting ways to say vomit. One of my favorite is the, I believe it's Australian term, technicolor yawn. Which they mentioned in this book. He says that one. one. Yeah, Yeah, they mentioned that one. I was pleasantly surprised to see it. The only, the, literally the only one that I like is booting. Booting? Or vomiting? Yeah. I think yakking is pretty funny. I love technicolor yawn. I also love worshipping at the altar of the porcelain god. Yeah. (laughs) God. <laughs> the other really hilarious line I thought in this book uh, was Marco saying, I just had a thought. And Rachel saying, I'll buy you a card to commemorate the moment. <laughs> like, That's what that I put too. An absolute zinger. <laughs> she destroys him like 100% of the time. It's, it's so funny. Everybody everybody who cracks jokes in this book is absolutely on point. <laughs> I, I, I love the like friendship dynamic that Rachel and Marco usually have. Of, like, we are just the two friends who roast each other. Mm-hmm. I have some friends where, like, my dynamic with them is, like, we just roast each other. Anyway, who wants to talk about all of moral and ethical implications of this book? I do. This book is very much about moral and ethical applications. Em- de- e- implications, not applications. God. All right. Um, I also have a conspiracy theory. Okay, so deep moral implications. Baby Spice or Oprah? For Desert Island? Baby Spice. Well, this is... This is the emotional core of this book, so, like, we gotta engage with the material. (laughs) I don't know enough about them. Baby Spice is the sort of second long-running Old Spice mascot. It used to be, like, a crab, but then it it, it turned into, like, a a tiny little spice shaker, and that was Baby Spice. And then Oprah, I thought, was... I thought it was like a like a music thing where everybody does a lot of big singing, but I'm I'm learning recently that that's not the case and that uh, that was actually a person. Yeah, that. I'm not doing the re- I'm not doing the rest because I can't hit those notes. Right, but that thing. So so Boo. so I guess I guess uh, table spice mascot or television presenter host. I don't want to be stuck on a desert island with anyone. You have to. <laughs> Hey, so what's the moral and ethical dilemma that you have? Okay. I actually wanted to talk about my conspiracies first because okay. I know as long you as two they don't involve cannibalism. So much mileage out of my perfectly reasonable points that I make poking holes in these flimsy narratives. Yes, and so you bring them to us because we get so much mileage out of them and it's not for your benefit whatsoever, it's for us. I think exactly. I think, I think some of them just require a little bit more Mm, investigation that's not what a conspiracy theory is it's absolutely no i'm just gonna say things i mean let's go let's do it so why can we say hell we can say hell we can say hell. we can say hell why the hell would an andalite disease which does not appear to be carried by any kind of virus bacterium parasite 
be contagious to humans. There's totally cross species. But the, this still were those cross species diseases we've seen before have been cross terrestrial species. Yamput is an infection. Um, I don't know if it's bacterial or viral, but it is an infection. So? So that's a common transmission vector. Yes, but from completely different species like that? Yeah. Does those even have DNA? I mean, they say yes. they're requiring DNA, but do we know it's actually DNA? They morph him at one point, don't they? Yeah, but they mm-hmm. say they're like... He's got DNA. Why does it have to be DNA? It, diseases can jump between all kinds of stuff and people, and between people and all kinds of stuff. Dogs can get the dripping, I've heard. Yeah, which... I thought it was God, cats. I hate that. Um, so yeah, no, that doesn't strike me as unusual. It does strike me... Well, hmm. It does strike me as a little unusual that they don't get appendicitis as a result of space appendicitis. Yeah, see, that's a good point. I, I don't think it's, that I don't think yeah, that is okay, weird because thing, here's the thing though. What's the disease vector? Okay, here, what is the disease vector? How is he transmitting it? It's not like it's respiratory and he coughs it out. It's an organism. Is is appendicitis? Is appendicitis? Contagious? Okay, consider okay, but it this. isn't literally appendicitis. appendicitis. Consider this. It's not. I ha- I have a possible explanation. I'm doubtful. Consider that Yamput isn't a disease, it's a, like, an event. It's a thing that happens as a result of a disease. Axe maybe just has the normal Earth flu, but because it is affecting his physiology in this way, he recognizes it as, as Yamput. It's like... But where did he get the flu? Because he's the first one who starts showing symptoms. He is the first one who gets sick. He is presumably the, you know, patient zero. Where did he get the flu? It might not actually be the flu. It could be some other totally different thing. Could be, uh, I don't know. I I initially wanted to compare it to War of the Worlds where all of the aliens Mm -hmm. just get sick because of amoeba in the water, but I guess... It's not amoebas and it's not the common cold because the common cold is a virus. Well, it's several viruses. Yeah. So again, it's not exactly applicable to Axe's situation here because he does pass something onto them that affects them, but it could be any number of things that his body could just be reacting to. Do you think War of the Worlds is about fascism? I've never, like, bothered to analyze it, but I think it's about fascism. Wait a minute. What if the, the gland in his brain, the tria gland, what if what if it's, like, bacteria are leaking or, like, it, sort of pathogens are leaking from that and that that's Does how that he's getting work? everybody sick? Is that how I'm that going works? over what exactly what he says again, but he says, okay, tell us what Yamfoot is, I said, speaking slowly and clearly. Disease, Axe answered, disease organisms collecting in my tria gland. Get the thermometer. 95. Ooh, the fact that Axe's body temperature is at a resting lower value than 98.6 sort of suggests that it would it, that it's probably a viral infection. Because viruses thrive on under normal or lower temperatures. Tria gland keeps disease organisms away from the rest of the body. But if it bursts bad, disease organisms. So get then how are the other animals if it's a virus that thrives in a cooler environment, how are the other animorphs getting sick? With with a body temperature of 98.6, presumably. Viral infections are, like, adaptable. I don't know. The vast majority of viruses are not adaptable. We only hear about the adaptable ones, but there are thousands that are not adaptable, and they infect, like, two people, and then no one else gets sick because they're not contagious. Perhaps that's why this hasn't happened yet. And that's why this never happened. That's maybe why... Why do you always assume that things never happened? At this point, I am doing it to annoy you. Okay. The tree gland's specific function in the body is to contain diseases, uh, and to c- c- contain and destroy disease organisms. So, 
technically it's not like the appendix. It's um it's more like a lymph node. Mm, I see. Yeah. It's like your one lymph node that you get. Mm-hmm. Does that mean that Axis just immunocompromised? You can have a lymph node is a treat. Does does that mean that Axis <laughs> immunocompromised? Maybe. That's what I was thinking. Cuz I mean, get sick again? If it's the tria gland, if it is if the tria gland. The tria gland keeps disease organisms away from the rest of the body. Then like yeah, theoretically Axis wicked immunocompromised now unless antlites are good at regenerating stuff. I think it's implied that he doesn't. I hate because you inundated us with so many raunchy jokes earlier on that I was, like, about to make one, and then it was like, no, I'm better than that. Absolutely not. Don't be better than that. Please make it. No. Do it. I love to see Cassie take charge when there's a medical emergency. Like, I love to see her just be like, I am on it. And, like, yeah, it's so cool. She's so cool. And, I mean, regardless of the fact that she's, the like, the last one standing after they're all completely just, like, Hunger Games doubt. I'm so proud of her in this book. Which Animorph would you be most scared of to fight in the Hunger Games without their abilities? Without their abilities? Mm-hmm. Axe. Axe has a, <laughs> has a sword on his butt. Okay, assuming that he's a human, though. <laughs> oh, so it's not Axe, it's Philip from out of state. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, because this is the Hunger Games. The Hunger Games does not have aliens. Um, Jake. Rachel. She would go for the eyes. I, too, aspire to be an eel being launched out of a fire hose into a burning <laughs> building. Gender, eel launched out of fire hose into burning building. Sexuality, eel launched out of fire hose into burning building. Interested in, eel launched out of fire hose into burning building. Hit me up on Tinder, ladies and gentlemen, and others. Eels and eelsesmen. <laughs> no, hold on, hold on. Hit me up on Tinder, laid eels and gent eelmen. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and also non-binary eels. <laughs> oh my god, you really squeaked that one in. <laughs> it was slippery, but we got you there. You really just, like... That's what they said! You really just managed Ayo. to send that... To just like just squeeze it through slipping in like an eel through a fire like, hose like it through an eel like an eel Ooh. through a fire hose uh gracefully ascending in slow motion <laughs> screw talking about moral and ethical dilemmas can we just riff on the eels in a fire hose for the rest of our class discussion no one uses fax machines but call you'll hear the noise statues left by ancient greeks the Stressful every single Cassie book is. Oh my god, this oh my one's god. so stressful! Yeah. It's just everything falls on her and Yeah, everything falls on her. And it's like, I don't know, it does feel like the Animorphs want to protect her, which I think is awesome of them, but it feels like they don't always follow through as much as they should. Mm-hmm. But also like obviously in this case they can't control who gets sick. It just feels like in general overall people want to protect cassie's idealism in some ways which i think is admirable even if i myself am not idealistic and in fact sometimes think that idealists are annoying then they also just like don't (laughs) and i feel really bad for her even if i disagree with her it's not fun like watching bad things happen to her it's in fact upsetting i i would i would also venture to say that it is upsetting when bad things happen to this person who's trying to do good by everyone (laughs) who's trying her absolute hardest and who 
really draws her primary strength from these connections. Yeah, that moment when she re-remembers that they're going to do the mission without Axe is scary. I mean, I think it's the same responsibility that Jake feels at certain points when, like, he thinks that people have died Mm -hmm. or he just has that sinking feeling when he realizes he's made a mistake. What were the ethical issues that you had i just feel like there must be some because it's a cassie journal oh (laughs) i mean you have you have the question of mr tidwell and his relationship with his apparently friendly yerk and the sort of apparent alliance between them and then the fact that cassie gains all of the memories of a grown adult man well i i don't know how many she actually absorbed she probably is a better driver than marco now but i mean I would not say that it's an apparent alliance because at one point, Ilim, right? It's Ilim? Ilim, I believe, yes. Yeah, leaves Mr. Tidwell. Mr. Tidwell does not immediately, like, run away screaming. So presumably, (laughs) that seems like pretty good evidence for the fact that Ilim is telling the truth. I guess so. It's just like, if you know a child's in peril, you do what you can to help. Um, Regardless of what sort of traumatic experiences you might have been having up to this point there's only so much he can do to help and he does help somewhat because he's in the same position as Afrin to a lesser extent well no because he knows who the Animorphs are so he's in the same position as Afrin he knows who the Animorphs are he knows who the members of the Yerk peace movement at least in that pool are so if he tries to help and gets captured he's not special he says that his host body is out of shape Elim himself is just a random Yerk he like, I, I do I do feel like, to be clear, I do feel like he wimped out and could have done way more to help. But I do also want to point out that he also is someone who, if he was captured, the knowledge that Visser 3 would presumably torture out of him would also be just as bad. Maybe not quite as bad, but definitely pretty bad as Aftran. Yeah. So. That's a good point. Or at least as bad for our savior teens. Yes. Like, Aftran really knows, like, all the details of, like... Especially because she was in Cassie's mind specifically. Uh, really knows all the details of like people's, you know, emotional breaking points and exactly what all their plans have been and what they've done and, you know, who their friends are, who their families are. But that. he at I least knows their basic identities. Right. Mm-hmm. Enough to identify them just at a school yeah. dance. <laughs> Even if he only knew like one of them, that one would be captured and tortured and would probably break and lead to the other ones. Yeah. That's how it all works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Information is, like, the most important resource in this whole situation. However, Mm -hmm. we're operating on an outmoded set of ideas that have been disproven by science time and time again, which are that torture doesn't work. That's true. That said, if I didn't know that. That said, if you can involuntarily uh, get a brain slug into somebody and therefore absorb all of their memories, that, that probably works pretty well. True. I mean, think of it that way, like... Mr. Tidwell, because he and Ilum are allies, knows all the stuff that Ilum does as well. Right. So you wouldn't even have to torture Ilum. You well, would just put no, him that's not here. necessarily true. Uh, Mr. Tidwell knows everything that Ilum has told him. Yes, Ilum knows so, everything Ilum about has... Mr. Tidwell. Okay, yes. But Ilum has told him stuff like who the Animorphs are. So you just take Ilum out, you know, starve him out if you have to, put a new Yerk who is loyal to Visser Three? Yeah, exactly. In Mr. Tidwell's brain, boom, you have the Yerk Peace Movement, you have the Animorphs' identities. So, mm-hmm. I mean, again, again, I do think he should have helped out way more than he did, but... I mean, I think he did a lot. I understand why he was at risk and why he did not feel able to help out more. He did help out a lot. 
I think he could have done more. Yeah, I think I think his contributions are not insignificant. So yes. So like we we are like okay yeah you can obviously you could just get all the information you need out of a person by putting a yerk in their head, but like the melodramatic anime villain he is, Visser Three insists upon torture. You will tell me everything about the so-called peace movement. Can I talk a little bit about? Not to, like, sorry, just turn on a hairpin here. I, this discussion, so first of all, okay, a couple things. Maybe this is more of a benign concept now. I'm not going to know until I say it out loud, but, but I do this thing all the time. I don't know if this is a common thing, really. And it's generally pretty bad for my mental health, so I try not to do it. But I frequently, and I don't know if this is just a, like, errant self-obsession or whatever, but I tend to imagine people watching me sort of not against their will but like helplessly just sort of watching and like being in my body and like feeling all my experiences and I like to think about what they would think about my daily going ons and it's just like a little game that I play with myself to entertain myself and I've been doing it for a long time and I think this book is the reason why <laughs> yeah that wow Ooh, heebie-jeebies heebie-jeebies in my that. body right I now i think that is a weird thing i think that is a weird you thing because i don't well i'm weird i don't i'm a weirdo i don't fit in have you ever seen me without this stupid hat <laughs> i don't know how you uh <laughs> oh my god i'm definitely not the uh, most neurotypical tool in the shed but i don't do that and that's weird it's very weird it's when it's compulsive it's difficult to deal with yeah sounds like it but yeah i just think that the, like the visceral experience that cassie has of like morphing a yurk and controlling someone else is an experience that has forever changed me i will say mm-hmm. i think it sounds kind of cool i mean i do think it sounds kind of cool that's why i do it all the time in my brain <laughs> you 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 mentioned something uh, cassandra you mentioned Yes. You mentioned something some journals ago, and I, I probably wouldn't have remembered it, but you wrote it uh, in you wrote it in the group chat that we have that you mentioned uh, Yerk neurosurgeons. Which now I'm reading the bit where Axe wakes up and realizes he's had a Yerk in his head, and that's the yeah, worst. Yeah, I did thing. feel really bad for him. That's got to be scary. That's really that awful. Time and setting. Yeah. It's amazing that that's more scary to him than having had brain surgery. <laughs> really. I mean, I do also, I am, like, a little annoyed that even after he presumably, like, realizes it's Aftran and it's fine, that he still is like, oh, evil year. Like, she just helped your 13-year-old human friend who has very little medical knowledge and absolutely no xenobiological knowledge do brain surgery on you, and you're calling her evil? Come on, Aximili Eskaruth Isthil. Wait, yeah. they don't they don't anesthetize him, do they? Yeah, no, I was thinking about this. That part This is performed yeah. without anesthesia. Yes, because the thing is, I'm like basically immune to anesthesia. It's part of my joint condition. So this is like my worst nightmare. That's the part that freaked me out more than the Yerks was like surgery without anesthesia. So he wakes up, he's been trip he's been tri- trepanned? Trepanned, I think. He wakes up, he's been it. he's been trepanned and he's had a yerk in his brain. Axe terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. <laughs> Actually, I think it's, I think the title is Alexander and the blah, blah, blah. Hey, 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 Cass. Yes. Hey, Cass. Cass, guess what? You don't care, do you? Cass. You don't care that I'm correcting you on the tiny. tiny I don't thing. care. <laughs> I know, I'm sorry. I I was born saying the words well, actually, and I will die saying the words well, actually. <laughs> yeah, famous last words. 
well, actually. (laughs) (laughs) And I get shot by someone who's tired of me saying, well, actually. (sighs) I'm happy that they find a solution where Aftran doesn't die. It's very satisfying to be that she gets to be a cool whale. Whale, actually. (laughs) Okay. So I I do just want to say, though, like, I am so annoyed that they don't think of this earlier. Okay, so obviously Aftran isn't a Yerk anymore, like, physically. Culturally, she still is. Right. But why aren't they having, like, Ilim go back into the Yerk pool and be like, hey, buddy, hey, hey, buddy, hey, buddy, you know, opens his little metaphorical trench coat. Did you know that if you defect to the side of the Animorphs, you can become, like, a nothlet of, like, any animal you want to be, and you can have whatever senses you want. You could be one of those shrimp that can see, like, 40-something colors. Have you ever tried to start a revolution before? <laughs> no, but I'm willing to try right now. Okay, yeah, because I think I think step one is you got to be really, really careful about the whole, like, recruiting other it's defectors like thing. It's like it's unionizing. It's just, like, unionizing. Unionizing is dangerous sometimes. Unionizing historically has been very dangerous. He has the whole peace movement. He has the whole peace movement already. So he can start with the peace movement. He's not ready to lead that. He doesn't have to lead it. He can just sidle up to them and and let them know. Look, this is all conjecture. And it all turned out differently historically. Erso has to write a paper. I'm just happy that the whole group recognizes that this is Cassie's victory at the end. Yes, that was nice. Vindication for Cassie. Vindication for Cassie it. and group Even celebration of Cassie who deserves it. Everyone think that my nickname is Cassie. I'm really glad that you are coming around to her more, Cassandra, as we read this. So my feelings on Cassie are really complicated. Part of them is just an irrational dislike because everyone assumes that my nickname is Cassie when it is emphatically not. And part of it is that Like we've said, I have some very Marco-esque characteristics, and I sometimes find people having moral and ethical dilemmas in the middle of combat really annoying. But also, she does make some good points. But also, I wish she would be a little more practical sometimes. Well, she wins. She does brain surgery and she wins. That being said, I do still think that this is fake. I'm gonna just. Bye. Have I, fun writing your paper. I'm gonna just come to expect that you're gonna think everything's gonna be like you I don't, do okay, that. Okay, so my my thing is, I didn't really get to finish this because we got derailed by xenobiology. But my thing is that I still think it does not make sense for Yamfoot whatever to cross the species barrier, and so I think that actually Axe got sick, and then the rest of this is a cover up for some mission that like went really really wrong. We, I mean, we know Aftran really did turn into a whale because we've had like outside proof of that but thanks for getting down with the sickness with me everybody (laughs) next week we're reading volume 30 the reunion which has marco morphing into a cockroach on the cover and don't forget i'm gonna be gone for a few weeks because i am getting foot surgery and i'm gonna go hang out on my parents couch while all three of them cater to my every whim because i can't put any weight on my right foot for a really long time good luck getting your feet blasted back into the right shape (laughs) (laughs) it's such a minor surgery but it's on the bottom of my foot so i can't put any weight on the bottom of my foot anyway stay safe everyone see you soon bye stay safe don't see me soon but see me at some point oh yeah oh god uh i'll let them mail you soup please don't mail me soup the morph report is now on patreon We care a lot about accessibility, and we want to provide transcripts for our podcasts. However, we are not able to keep up with the transcripts ourselves for much the same reason that we care about accessibility in the first place. To help offset these costs, we have introduced two preliminary tiers on Patreon at a $2 and $5 level, and we are working on more. If you're interested in supporting us so that we can transcribe our episodes 
And also, so that we can pay for our hosting fees on Pinecast, please look us up or follow the link in the episode description or on Twitter. Thank you. Stay safe. Thanks to Noelle Micarelli for the use of their songs Comic Book Girl, off the EP Field Notes from Another Place, and Complicated Spoon. You can find more of their music at noellemicarelli.bandcamp.com. The Morph Report is hosted by Marina Malucci, Scrivener Lamb, and Blythe. You can follow us on Twitter at Morph Report. If you have a question for the Podmorphs, tweet at us or send us an email, and we'll answer it on the show. Our email is themorphreport at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Stay safe. love the Animorph series? How about podcasts? Do you love podcasts? Well, then listen no further, dear listener, and allow me to introduce the Animorphs podcast directory. Here you'll find an ever-growing list of Animorphs-themed podcasts to sit your every Animorphin desire. Check it out. We'll see you there.